1: Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last sliding defense in major gaming news. I'm your host Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios producer, the Deadite Knight. Give myself the horns! It's National Video Game Day. It is Happy National Video Game Day. I'm pretty jazzed up about it. If we would have gone to the you know the museum of uh, the of video game history, we would have got double the tokens to play video games today. That's true. Yeah, it's true. One hundred percent. I read it. Man. I know. Instead, we went to work. But we have a great show for you today, so welcome to episode 268 of the Gamezilla Podcast,
0: brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamezilla Media is the website you can go to to start your patronage today, and uh, every single cent that is given to us by your... Warm Hearts goes to the growth, success, and life of GameZilla Media and all of the podcasts and streams, blogs we put out every single week. You can start your patronage as low as just $1 per month, but guess what? At the $5 a month level, that's where you're getting exclusive content that you can only get at patreon.com slash Media. It's not available on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, or even GameZillaMedia.com. It's just on our Patreon page, including the pilot episode oh God. of the We Like It Rough dog meme review podcast that was exclusively within the GameZilla pre-show this week. Uh, Grim and I rate some of the best dog memes that are available on the internet. It's an audio-only review, so it's uh, if there's room for improvement, that's for sure, but you're only going to listen to that, <laughs> patreon.com slash gamezilla media at the $5 level, and we talk about auto chess. Games which are way less exciting than dog memes. Uh, Auto Battler. Auto Battler. Yeah. patreoncom slash media. We like it rough, dog meme podcast. Oh my goodness.
1: All right. Well, we do have a video game show for you, and it hopefully, it won't um, be too much about dog memes. I think we're going to keep that just to Patreon. But uh, yeah,
0: let's get into the news and find out. Oh yeah, the dog memes. That's that's where that's where the money's at. That's for sure. You got to keep it there. Because, uh, you know you gotta you gotta pay for stuff that good can't come to you for free those are the hottest dog meme reviews available on the whole internet <laughs> I hate you
1: I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news searching GameZillaMedia.com. downloading headlines
0: what about this monster story of yours? Download the video.
1: Oh, okay well topic number one what is topic number one is it is it Topic number one is topic number two. We did the old switcheroo. We didn't flip them, okay? Because I'm looking at the doc right now. I'm like, oh wait, maybe he just changed his mind. But topic number one, let me just my, my artwork is right, and that is Pokemon Sword and Shield. We had some new, ex- some new details coming out, right? Some new news kind of hit that. Kind of sparked some conversation in the Discord and the Nintendo channel, and uh, led me to say, "Hey, you want to talk about this on the show today?" And you jumped on it,
0: I think, big time. Well, I like talking about Pokemon. It's yeah, but I a, think a preferred I, series of
1: mine. No, I, I agree. It, it's been a preferred series for many of us, and I think this game maybe it has us slightly worried. And so I thought um, first, let's go ahead and I'm going to let you kind of talk about what happened. But and kind of what it sparked as far as conversation in the Discord and some of our own personal
0: feelings. Sure, a, uh, a, a another trailer was released today, uh, and it unveiled some new Pokemon, which is always exciting. And yeah, I guess they were okay looking Pokemon. There's a there's a certain point you don't where don't have
1: to lie. There's only one okay looking Pokemon.
0: Um, there was one that was a giant pile of whipped cream that looked dumb. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, fun. fairy Pokemon. They in had general.
1: strawberries as ears.
0: I have. Strawberries' his ears. No, we you need to don't. stop being no, drunk. That's don't. why I have to wear these headphones, because I'm a freak.
1: No, you have to wear those headphones, because another another
0: member of Games of Media broke your headphones. It hurts my heart, because these headphones <laughs> are louder. <laughs> <laughs> my ears hurt now. <laughs> uh, so, it, then there was an, a, another, like, Dragon Ice-type-looking Pokemon show. That oh, was okay. I'm not going to sit here and look up all their different names and stuff, but... Um, Oh, oh, Yamper! We gotta talk about Yamper. That was that was the one that I was like, okay, that I was happy about. Yamper. But we already knew about Yamper. He's the electric dog, corgi-looking Pokemon. He's
1: a electric corgi Pokemon. Just you don't have to add
0: extra words in there. He's no, a, he's a corgi. Now we are gonna talk about all the names. There's uh, L Creamy. <laughs> God, that is. A du- <laughs> there, I'm probably mispronouncing some, it. There's been some dumb El Pokemon. Creme?
1: There's been some dumb Pokemon, but this one I think takes takes the the crown for stupid-looking Pokemon.
0: Nah, there's way
1: worse ones. I mean... It's dumb. It's not that far off. It's a cream. It's literally explained as a
0: fairy cream Pokemon that creates cream for for humans (laughs) to make food. Grim, there's almost a thousand of these. They're not all going to be home runs. Okay? (laughs) Yeah, but they're advertising this one. That one's a bunt. It's a bunt. Okay? (laughs) It exists. Okay. Uh, Then there's Roly-Coly... Which is a rock with an eyeball. <laughs> so it's basically um what does that remind me of? Rock and Rolla from Generation Five. Yeah.
1: The eyeball reminds me of um Metagross's first
0: first ver- um evolution. What is it? Uh, uh Matang? Not, 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 Matang. First, not
1: first evolution. It's first form.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Metang uh, yeah. Matang is the second one, right? Isn't it
1: like it's sort of the bee, B, doesn't it?
0: Beldum, maybe? Yeah,
1: yeah, something weird like that. Yeah.
0: Anyways, it just kind of reminds me of that, except Rock. Uh, this is one of the ones I like, the Duraludon, which is a steel dragon Pokemon. I said it looked icy because it's white. but It is did it still- look cool. Yeah. I mean. that it- one was. I'd give that one But credit. dragon Pokemon generally are cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so and a few more things that were shown off in this trailer is, for the first time ever, to my knowledge, the different versions look like they will have different gym leaders. And I don't know if it's all the gym leaders, but at least a couple of them, because they showed the emblem for sword when they showed off um, the fighting gym leader, um, B. I think it's Bay. Bay. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) Bay. (laughs) I like B better, though. We'll go with B. And then in Shield, they have the ghost type trainer, Alistair. Alistair's a punk. I like Alistair. That's why I'm buying Shield. I only know one Alistair, and they're a loser. You know an actual person named Alistair? Mm -mm, No. He's fake from Noobs and Dragons. Oh, that's true. But what about <laughs> Alistair Black from World Wrestling Entertainment? It's pretty dope. You'd, okay. l- you'd actually like him. Anyways, this so I, it, there's at least one unique gem per game. Yeah, and then so they should. You know, again, of these Pokemon, I guess two of them are cool. Two of them are farts, you know, but that's how Pokemon's gonna go. It's been going that way for a long time. Let's so, get into the real thing though here. So they showed off in the last trailer, uh, I believe it was called uh, Dynamaxing, yeah, which is this version. This game's version of a Z move or a Mega Evolution type thing where you can power up a Pokemon once per battle and it gets really giant and really big. Um, and we're like, oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of that's kind of dumb, but okay, that's the new mechanic for this game. But today. They brought out that they have a, a, a form beyond that. Gigantamaxing. Oh, my God. Which is the they same. They can't even come up with a good <laughs> word. Which is the same as Dynamaxing, but like Mega Evolution, it actually changes the form of the Pokemon. So they, they change their physical appearance. So
1: so this is like Dynamaxing with EX? or, or Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so now my Charizard gets giant, and then it turns black
0: and blue. Yeah, something like that. It's going to the <laughs> an even further level. I, I, I'm sorry. This, this, like this idea,
1: especially we've talked about this before. Like this being like the, the gimmick or whatever of this of this generation is just super lame. <laughs> it is, it pretty is lame. super lame when like we've we've watched like. Fan base come out with cooler ideas, you know, just simply with like Pokemon fusion and just like having Pokemon fuse together and do and and create wild wild um, abilities and and looks and stuff like that. I just to me it's like let's take a Pokemon, make it big, and we'll just have Kaiju wars. See, well, least-
0: that, that's what I like about it. It's kind of like a big kaiju battle. You have little baby battles and then shit gets real when it turns into a kaiju battle.
1: Yeah, but the thing about the and, and I mean maybe maybe it'll be cool, but the part of me yeah, is like baby. when it when they grow to like this giant size, it literally just looks like they took the animation and just
0: blew it up and then nothing else is different. It's just like, "Well, that's why you're a Giga- Gigantamax guy." cuz the, the, the appearance does change.
1: The appearance changes, but I feel like exi- like you're inside of a gym or whatever. Like, they showed these inside, like, domes. Like, they were in the gym doing this or something. Yeah. And to me, it was like, all of a sudden, their Pokeball was giant like a basketball, and they threw, throw it, and then this gigantic, yeah. like, this gigantic uh, Pokemon comes out, and somehow, like, the stadium supports it, even though, like, this thing now is designed, is, like... I don't know, four thousand times its weight and, and and size. Like, and again, I'm I'm looking at like realistic facts here, but like it just to me kind of doesn't fit. There's like there's a thing when like I'm not against giant Pokemon and like I like kaiju, but like when there's a kaiju, when you watch generally, what happens when it walks through the city? The city doesn't exist anymore. But
0: these are trained, subdued (laughs) Pokemon.
1: You you damn well know not all of these Pokemon are trained,
0: okay? There's Uh, some shitty trainers out there. uh, We haven't seen any wild Pokemon Gigantamax yet. Not yet, but when it happens, you're going to be eating your words because I'll be like, hmm,
1: that doesn't look like a trained Pokemon. That looks like a wild Pokemon. that just decided to go giant and not destroy the forest or the city or wherever he is. Maybe that's part of the story. Maybe it does. Maybe, Maybe. Maybe. You know, the bad guy's obviously want to take advantage of this ability as well. That's generally how it goes. But, you know, they want to, like, Gigantamax, Dynamax, like, to the max. I don't even know where I'm going with this. That's as far as I could go. So Your, your, your thought train
0: got maxed out there. Yeah.
1: And so, I don't know. To me, it kind of, I was reading uh, the Discord, and someone's like, have we officially outgrown Pokemon? Like, is, is this is this why we're having a problem accepting this? And I kind of sat back and I go, man, I'm a giant kid and I like a lot of dumb things. And I, I can still watch horrible cartoons. I can really enjoy a lot of stuff that, you know, probably adult me shouldn't really enjoy. But here I am. And this just doesn't do it for me, and I don't know. And and I guess for me, I'm curious what the younger crowd maybe thinks about this, if they're excited about it, or if maybe they also
0: think this is kind of like, eh. Well, it's tough because two generations ago, Mega Evolution was really cool. And then last generation, the Z-moves, you're like, oh, okay, that's not as cool as Mega Evolution, but... All right, I'm I'm cool with it, I guess. And then you get to this, and you're like, oh well, that was a big step backwards. I think my biggest problem
1: with Pokemon recently is that every game it ha- they have to have something different, right? Like Mega Mega Evolution was cool. Couldn't Couldn't you evolve Mega Evolution more or something? Like, what could you have done more with it? Because first of all, Mega Evolution. Is a way better word and makes way more sense than the, since we use that word all the time with Pokemon evolving, Mega Evolution versus Gigantamaxing. Like, I, I would expect to hear Gigantamaxing on like U porn and then be like, "Oh man, <laughs> man, what's Gigantamaxing all about?" <laughs>
0: That's the new
1: thing the kids are the new kinky thing
0: the kids are into. I'm just saying, you know, like I stuck my wiener in this vacuum to Gigantamax Right.
1: Man, I hope I hope we didn't just start a thing. But anyways, we if we did, did, we don't want credit. Find someone else could take the credit on it.
0: <laughs> Someone's gonna clip that audio. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's me going. On. It's
1: like, Why are we here? <laughs> yep, you're right. Yep. But um, no. So to me, like I just like you're right. Um, what was it? Z move or whatever it was called. Yeah. Like that again? Stupid name! Like, oh, I got this bracelet all of a sudden, and now I, now it does. Like Z Move wasn't that stupid compared to Gigantamaxing well, and Dynamax. First of all, the, yeah, we're going downhill, so this is worse. <laughs> but like to me, I remember playing Pokemon, and we didn't, we didn't have any of these things. It was just Pokemon, and you evolved your Pokemon, and you enjoyed it. Do you really need? any of this extra just bloatware crap slapped on the side, like, oh, you guys are bored of Pokemon? Well, now you get giant Pokemon. Like, no, if, you want, if I want to play Pokemon, I'll just play Pokemon. I don't need this extra mechanic that was thought up while someone was taking a dump in a public bathroom and was like, wow, that's a giant dump. Gigantamaxing, I got it. And then they run into the board and like, we're just going to make a giant Pikachu and it's going to do the same thing, but it's giant. And then people thought it was a good idea, and they actually did it. Like, this is actually approved. It's in the game. I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. I have a silver lining for you.
0: A hopeful silver lining. I hate this. I honestly can sit here and say I hate this. Once I tell you this, you will agree with me that maybe Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing are a good idea. There'll be future Pokemon games, and it can't get worse than this. <laughs> yes, it can. It don't can't say get worse. that. It can't get dumber don't than this. Say that. The next Pokemon game that comes out without Kaiju Pokemon, <laughs> it has to be better. Man, I don't,
1: I don't, can't believe you are going to just curse us like this and and ruin ruin the franchise. Have I ever been wrong? No. Yes, you have. Not that I 100%. can. Hundred percent. Not that I can recall. But <laughs> that that's fair. There you go. <laughs> but no, I um. I don't know. This is such a disappointment for me. Like I'm still going to pick the game up. I'm still going to play it. Cause it's still, it's a Pokemon game, but this per, this specific like mechanic does nothing for me. At least like mega evolution. I was, in, I was curious and wanted to, and wanted to try it. And the, the Z move was, I just didn't care either actually. So this is right on the, right on par with Z move. I was like, Cool. I remember actually before the game came out, someone was like, oh, you want to pre-order Pokemon? And I'm like, "Ah, eh, no, I'll just pick it up. They're like, oh, well, you got to pre-order this, this, uh this, this watch that you put on, and then you put the crystals in your watch, and like, and then the Z crystals, it gives you your Z moves, and that's how, you know, and that, and, and it's gonna, it's gonna function with the game somehow. I'm not sure how, which was, that was complete, they were lying to me. That was bullshit. The watch never actually functioned with the game. But, I was just like he literally explained to me like this thing i was like well that's clearly what's in game right it's just the the toy that you can buy for the kids and i'm like that is stupid (laughs) now when i said that i i if if you would have had me pick the watch with the z crystals or Gigantamaxing, I would have picked the watch every. I would have bought the watch and wore it to work the next you day. You mean this
0: watch? No. What <laughs> if no, I was wearing one? That'd be awesome. I wish I had a Z, Z Crystal watch.
1: Was, yeah, so you're right. Gigantamaxing and Dynamaxing, and who knows what the third thing that's going to happen because we're bound to find out that there's
0: there's something else going on. This but, is the gimmick bottoming out. I'm telling you, this is the gimmick bottoming out, and it's just going to be uphill after this. I think that if this does really bad, I, my.
1: my my wish, what I would want to see is that they just make a Pokemon game next. Like, here it is, the new Pokemon game. There is no bullshit mechanic that's in, that's additional. Because how many times have we complained about Mega Evolution where it's like, cool, we just Mega Evolve and we just
0: one-shot everything and we work our way through the game? It was OP. It was only good in like the 2v2 competitive meta, is the only place that Mega Evolution wasn't OP because you were playing against another human. Mega Evolution against trainer against like in-game trainers was just steamrolling yeah, everything. Exactly. It took it
1: took any level of like difficulty to the game pretty much out. And so I don't know. For me, the, it's these types of things. I just I don't care about them. I just want a good Pokemon game with a good roster of new Pokemon and and a, you know a half decent typical Pokemon story that I'm expecting. And just let me play through it. I don't I don't need this super overpowered mode that just makes a giant Pokemon. That's but that's just me.
0: Uh, you can just dump all this Pokemon stuff right into my mouth. <laughs> just I'll take it all. All right. Even if it's dumb, I'm going to play it and love it. Are we good to move on? You it, good with this? As long as they don't have 40 minutes of cutscenes in this game, I'm good. Man, I've been seeing a lot of cutscenes in these trailers, so I'm a little worried. Just cancel my pre order just now.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> topic number two Dead going to uh, cover a special topic that we had talked about a little while back. Why don't you uh, fill us in what's going on in the uh, world of retro gaming? Dynamaxing, why is it good for Pokemon? God damn it.
0: (laughs) No, uh, so around E3, when we did an episode of GameZilla, we put up our Patreon uh, poll of the week to allow people to vote on what they want us to talk about. And... uh, The winning subject was talking about uh, different hardware that was announced, uh, retro gaming hardware, uh, that was announced at E3. And we just didn't have time in that week's show to get to it. And then we didn't have time for the subsequent weeks following. But now we're finally able to take a couple minutes and talk about some of the cool uh, retro-inspired hardware that was shown off at this year's E3. Now, the first one I want to talk about is the new arcade one-up cabinets. Yeah. Man, they had uh, the the first ever four-player arcade one-up cabinet. Yep, you told me this, and I instantly got concerned.
1: for, And I was right. I, I was very concerned.
0: You've pre-ordered one, right? I did. Ninja Turtles Arcade.
1: That's right. But Ninja Turtles Arcade followed by um,
0: we got another one, right? I'm trying to figure out what the official name of it is, but it is a Marvel. You're right. But Trying to it, figure out exactly which games are in that. Yeah, one. I realize I should have pulled Ninja, it up. Prior. But
1: the Ninja Turtle arcade was. I was like, oh man, that's gonna have to go in the studio. We know it's gonna have to go in the studio, and the price point was a little bit higher than their than they generally, um, you know, than they generally cost because it's four player, you know, and and just has a little more equipment. So that what was it? um a like 350 instead of 300 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was yeah. like another 50
0: but $50 yeah. to $100. But it's
1: super cool. So that that's but the Marvel one I got really excited and then you explained to me it wasn't the Marvel Brawler.
0: No, it, so it's so it's Marvel Super Heroes, which is the Capcom fighting game mm-hmm. from Marvel. Right. Uh, and there is at least another game in there um which the, it's cool because the the artwork for this is Thanos just looking looking like a bad dude on the side of the game. It's awesome. Yeah. The artwork for it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I got really excited thinking that we were, I was getting the X Men Arcade, and that would have been a, a pre pre order for sure. It would have knocked Turtles right out of the water for me because I love that game. But um, but it was just a couple of the Marvel fighting games, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's
0: like. That was like three oh, of them. It 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 also is. It looks like X Men: Children of the Atom. I yeah. believe is on it, yeah. and the Punisher. Yes, that's it. Which yep. that would be a beat 'em up, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, the Punisher beat 'em up is actually pretty good. And the Ninja Turtles one again, it's a four player cabinet as uh, Ninja Turtles Arcade and Turtles in Time. Right. That was the big thing. I was like Turtles in Time
1: and the Arcade. Oh my goodness! I mean, those are probably my the two best. I mean.
0: And if you're not familiar with what arcade one-up cabinets are, they are three-quarter scale replica arcade cabinets... And so they're about four feet tall instead of, you know, being over six feet tall like a yeah. real arcade cabinet would be. But, uh, you know, they're, they they range from anywhere from $300 to $500, depending on which unit you're buying. I think the $500 one is the Golden T one. I think is the most expensive one. Um, but these two are both super cool. And there's a, a third one they released like the next day that we don't know a ton about right now. But it's a Star Wars arcade cabinet that has the classic vector graphics. Star Wars, Empire Strike Back, and Return of the Jedi uh, arcade games, and it's like this looks like it'd be really cool to have, but I don't remember those games being all that fun. (laughs) Right. That's the problem with this. I think it is going to be a little bit pricey, but it has like the big Atari like flight stick attached to it, and it looks super cool. But again, if you made me choose, I would definitely choose the this the Marvel one or the Turtles one over the Star Wars one. Do we know when these are dropping? Um, I don't know if they've officially announced the date, um, but my guess is that we'll see some of them for the holiday this year. Yeah, if that Turtles one is going to, let's be
1: honest, the turtle one's probably going to end up here in the studio. As it should. It probably should. So. As
0: it definitely should. So, uh, yeah, that's what's new from Arcade 1UP, our friends at Hyperkin. We're both fans of Hyperkin as a company. Absolutely. Uh, So they finally finally showed off something that video game uh, fans have been wanting for a long time, and they have unveiled uh, their clone system for the N64. So it's a, it's a, you know, a, a clone system is a system that's not produced. It's not original hardware, but it's designed to be able to play uh, classic games. And this one, uh, they're calling it the uh, Ultra Retron to fit in their line of Retron uh, clone consoles. And this is basically an N64 that up converts to 720p through an HDMI cable.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this is cool. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to make 64 games look because mm, playing a 64 game on a, I mean, not that it's easy to play on a big TV right now. It's almost impossible. But how does, how is this going to fix that? Or is it um, it's still going to be a problem just because of the style that is in, in 64 games? But I got a little excited when I heard Ultra Retron, thinking like it was like going to be it was like the next generation of Retron, similar to like Retron Five, right? Which was was my favorite one that they've made so far, and it it being an N sixty four like clone console, I was kind of bummed actually. Yeah, because like there's not many N sixty four games where I'm like I need to play them. Yeah. Like, the controller, to me, hasn't aged well. It bugs me trying to even play with the, with the N64 controller.
0: I've really thought about buying some of the new modernized yes. versions of N64 controllers. Yeah,
1: I've thought the same. Because, I mean, the, the only thing that really truly interests me would be, like, Goldeneye. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many of those other games, like, that you could think of that, like, you could play somewhere else at, at this point? Yeah. I mean, Mario 64, you could play in multiple locations from handheld, you know, to, to the, uh, some of your home consoles before the switch. And I'm just, I don't know, like, I just don't care. I've tried to play a couple of them and they just, it's similar to PlayStation one games that are very polygon style that like just haven't aged that well. I mean, like it, I wouldn't be against like playing some original
0: smash brothers or like some original Mario Kart, but like just for a little bit and then I'd be done. I'm really curious to know uh, what the price point of this is because my wife is still a really big Nintendo 64 fan. She still loves playing it. And so her and I will sit down and play N64 from time to time. Now I think I own like three N64s so it's not like it would be a necessity but all things considered if it's just easier to hook into a TV and if it does look better it could be worth a $80 price tag but I I bet it's more expensive than that. I bet it's $100 at least. I mean, when you think about the Retron 5, how expensive it was. Yeah, that... so I don't know if this. And I guess they still don't quite know how it's going to be built. Yeah, this is sort of one of those things they're showing off. I think a little early, um, where they the Retro- have a lot
1: of information. The
0: Retron Five actually pulls the uh, the games down through ROMs and emulates them within the box. Where something like a Retron One, Two, or Three has actual reproduction hardware to play the games as opposed to ROMs. And they they didn't quite say at E3 how this game was going to operate. I don't know if it was one of those they couldn't say or they don't really know yet they might be testing you know option one versus option two uh so but yeah the the retron 5 is still like i think 140 dollars or something like that right so it's still still up there but again that plays quite a few different you know it plays well, right yeah a
1: bunch can, right exactly it plays a lot of different games where this just plays, cartridges this is just gonna play 64 yeah which again calling it the the um Ultra
0: retron. Ultra
1: retron threw me off there. I thought Yeah,
0: it's it's a nod to the Ultra 64. Yeah. So I don't need a nod to the Ultra 64. Well, that's the,
1: what you got with the name. What do you mean a nod to the is the Ultra 64 the, the device that like never really
0: came out for? No, it? no, the Ultra 64 was the original name oh, for the Nintendo oh. 64. It was an originally oh, like, announced was the, and teased as Ultra 64. What was Dolphin then? Dolphin was the code name for GameCube. Oh, that was GameCube. Because okay. yeah, oh,
1: I thought Revolution was the code name for GameCube. Was the code name for Wii. Oh, I'm off. I'm off a generation.
0: Yeah. C. Okay. Now, no, again, I don't know if there was a, another code name, but I do know when the N64 was originally shown off at a point, it was called the Ultra 64 because they were going from Super Nintendo to Ultra 64. Oh, gotcha. So that that was the naming convention. So that's what the Ultra Retron is. It's a nod to that name. All right, whatever. Uh, Cl- 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 Grim's not buying one. Nope. All right. But this, but this next piece is what
1: I'm excited This for.
0: is what you're getting right here the Polymega. The Polymega is also a, uh, a retro gaming console that can play many different types of retro gaming. Now, this one is a unique one as it enters a space that Hyperkin or uh, FC Twin or any of those other uh, reproduction uh, hardware manufacturers haven't entered. This one is. Primarily a disc-based system where uh, right out of the box, you can emulate PlayStation games from all three regions, you know, uh, PAL, uh, you know, from Japan or from North America. But you can also do uh, Sega Saturn games, Sega CD games, TurboGrafx CD games. Uh, I think those are all the ones that it will do right out of the box uh, oh, a Neo Geo CD. So it's a CD based system, and it's cool because it. Uh the, the developer described it as being like an iPod for your retro games because you can actually pull the ROMs off your disks and store them in internal storage on the system. And it does have a really slick interface where you can sort of flip through and you have a nice sort of tile-based look. It, it is a modern way to play your retro games. But one thing that I think is cool, but also looks like it would be really expensive, is there are modular add-ons that snap onto the top of the system. So there's one that snaps on and it then it has a cartridge slot for NES games. There's one for Super Nintendo games, Sega Genesis games. Uh, and I think there might even be one other that can that they all lock onto the top, and then they give you a controller port to use either their modernized version of that controller, or you can use the your classic controllers on that. So it's cool, but it's a little bit pricey. It all starts adding up quite a bit. But, I mean, it's definitely a cool piece of hardware, Um Grim, what do you think of this while I pull up some of the prices on this stuff? So, I mean, the idea at first
1: kind of was like, all right, yeah, great. It's modular. I'm not I'm not into this because, like you said, I'm going to have to buy a bunch of pieces and I can only plug one on top at a time. Like I was hoping more or less like when the Nintendo, um, like if an NES uh, module came out, it would support NES, Super NES. Like it would support multiple but the more I like looked into this thing after you, after you were the one that kind of like talked about it, I was like, this is actually pretty cool, and then mainly because of how they explained it to to um, pull the game from the cartridge or from the disc and save it really. So it was a way for you to kind of. As the, and they and they make a great example of like when you first got an an iPod, you had a lot of CDs. Yeah. And you just would slide CD after CD into your computer and just rip it to iTunes, and that's how you built your iTunes library, even before the iTunes Store existed. It was just that's how you got your music, rip it, rip it off of a disc, and so that's kind of a cool idea when when I think about it from the standpoint of like. Um, my collection i have a quite quite a large collection so the idea of being able to say well yeah i have the physical collection but i've also ripped it to this device, and I ripped it from my cartridge. Versus like getting a ROM online that like I don't know how good it is or or, or what you know where it came from. This to me is a way to catalog what I own yeah. uh, and, and make a digital version of it. And that's kind of I like that idea. And then they really they started to show off some of that some of the uh, gameplay, like example Sega Saturn. Um, you know, not that there's a ton of Sega Saturn games that I'm I have to play, but Sega Saturn is one of the hardest games to emulate. It is basically it's something that you you learn if you're if you're getting into the whole retro scene, the, the Sega Saturn just is difficult. And so when they showed off what they could do with Sega Saturn, it looked pretty impressive, and to me that was that's a challenge and and they've and they've so far with what they've shown, they've done a really good job. So to me that me that shows me that everything else could be very good as well. If you can take something that's very challenging and not many people have had a whole lot of success with it and, and do a good job with it, then the easier stuff should also run very well. It gives me hope for it. But, like you said, the price points
0: are what's going to make or break this thing. Yeah, so let's talk about it. If you want just the base console, which, which comes with you know the disk drive and a controller that looks very similar to a DualShock 4, um, it's gonna run you 300 bucks, yeah. So, again, for what you're getting, it doesn't sound crazy to me. And if someone has a lot of disc based games, I really don't from an era that would play this. I have a lot of PS2, original Xbox, and Wii games. I actually don't have a lot of original PlayStation, or I have a couple Sega CD games. So, for me, the value wouldn't be quite there for a, a $300 system. Um, now, let's say you want to get the NES add-on. That's sixty bucks for the NES module that snaps into the top, and that comes, I believe, with a with a control, uh, two two of the controllers. And the controllers actually look pretty cool. I will say I like the design of the controllers. Um, they look unique to the system, but also at the same time, harken back to the 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 originals. Right. Super Super Nintendo add-on also sixty bucks. The uh, Genesis add-on sixty bucks, and the Turbo Graphics add-on sixty bucks. Uh, so each individual module, 60 bucks, or at least they're, they're all the same price. You want another wireless Polymega controller, $40. That's actually not crazy, uh, as long as the controller works well. And if you want to buy the individual wired controllers that are similar to the original systems, $25 each. Um, then they have their, the, the Turbo RTK controller. That one's a little bit more, $30. So if you want to get a bundle that comes with uh, all four add-ons and the uh, the system itself, Five hundred dollars, so they are giving you a price break there of about forty dollars. I mean, it's better than nothing. Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars to get all four modules uh, and Whew. the system, and then uh, if you want extra controllers with all of those, um, that comes in at six fifty. Five
1: hundred dollars though. See, that's the killer part for I me. Mean, I'm sweet of it. And I guess to me, like, I go back and go, "Well, do I really need a Turbo Graphics module?" Do I really, you know, so like I'd like an NES, I'd like an SNES, I probably would still like a Genesis. So that only leaves the TurboGrafx. So now I'm saving, you know, because of the money that I'm saving, I, I'm forfeiting that and only saving myself, what, 20, 20 bucks? It would, yeah, it'd theoretically be about 20 bucks, yeah. So, I mean, that's the tough part, though. $500, I mean, you're talking next-gen systems are coming out next year. And, you know, I might be spending 500 bucks on, like, a current, a current piece of technology. Do, you know, now do I want to double that up and spend a grand so that I can go play my old games, too? Mm-hmm. Even though, technically, I can already play my old games. That's the kicker, right, is that for me... And I think for anybody that has the cartridges, because here's the difference here, you need the cartridge, you need the disk, mm-hmm. you're not side-loading ROMs onto this thing unless someone hacks it down the road, right? But, yep. but right out the box, it's not. you're not able to just load ROMs on this, you have to have the media. So if I have that media, I generally have a way to play it. Like, that's just me, though. Like, And I think most collectors that would have a, a, a large library of PlayStation 1 games or something like that have a way to play them. So now you're going to pay, f- you know, on the low end, $300. On the higher end, let's say $500 to play a game that you can already play, just hopefully maybe a little bit better, right? Because mm-hmm. now you're hooking it up to an HDTV, using it's up-converting, it's doing a bunch of things, so maybe it looks a little bit better you're not necessarily stuck to using a tube tv that you know um you don't have or 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 is dying on you i don't know so I, that's tough for me where i go by pay 500 bucks for a brand new playstation 5 and have an have a brand new experience that I've that i've hopefully never had before because it's the next gen here i got gonna spend that same same amount of money to have a better experience of an experience I can already have and an experience I've already had, so that's the concern to me is that this is just it's tough, especially when we're sitting here like, well, re- the Retron Five was 140 bucks. Correct. Like, that was hard. F- that like we we referenced that in the sense that it was kind of expensive.
0: This is over double that. Yeah. In so. I, I think interestingly enough, uh, this is this is a very niche product that at its price point prices me out. You know, again, I don't even have a ton of games that that this would play on um, that I couldn't already play. Again, I own a Retron Five. I own all the original hardware for all the stuff I have. Um, I really feel like this is marketed at someone who has a collection similar to yours but doesn't have an interest in current-gen gaming because, like you said, the value isn't there because you can put that money towards what's coming out in the future for current-gen. If if it were someone who really strictly just collects retro games and they love the old disc-based games from the mid to late 90s, this could be a really nice piece of hardware for to give them convenience. You don't have to worry about if your is, your discs getting scratched, or your cartridges getting worn out. Like there's some preservation involved and convenience. Just sit down, hook it into an HDTV Because let's be honest, playing on original PlayStation hardware doesn't really work great anymore. Um, Sega CD doesn't work well anymore. Like some of those, some of these pieces of hardware aren't quite like a Super Nintendo uh, or a Gen- or just a Genesis that still works really well. So there's definitely a niche for it, but. You have to really be passionate about that generation of gaming to chuck over that price point.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, uh, over on the uh, Twitch side, twitch.tv slash media. We had player one Mickey chime in and says you can save even more money and buy a Raspberry Pi 4 for $55 and just load it up
0: with ROMs yeah i I agree with you uh, I will say that the this this hardware looks nice it looks like a premium way to play games you already own without having to do the legwork of finding ROMs and, and that sort of thing this, this thing is definitely a premium classic gaming thing where a Raspberry Pi for60 dollars uh, is not premium. No, not premium at all. And this is this definitely,
1: like you said, it feels premium as long as what we're seeing right now ends up being the final product. Yeah. my My concern is right now everything seems so high quality and so nice that, but when ma- like when they actually get to manufacturing and they get to producing these, like I don't want to see it go drop down too much and feel like this thing needs to feel nice because. Even at one hundred and forty dollars, I don't know about
0: you, but a Retron Five feels cheap. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it, the Retron Five is it has amazing functionality, but man, the body of it feels cheap. The power adapter feels cheap. The controller they give you with it feels cheap. Like everything about it feels yeah. like they just slapped it together, and that's the price point they picked. You yeah. know, because uh, they were a younger company when that when that came out. Uh, where you when you pick this up I think you want it to be weighty I think you want it to be texturized I think you yeah. want it to have a nice nice quality feel and you'd expect that at a base price of $300 Yeah so I'm I'm looking
1: forward more to finding out you know more about this and and listening to Polymega talk more about it um, I also would like to know what their plans are moving forward like they have this device that's modular so is their growth Beyond this initial package that they've they've shown, could there be more modular pieces coming out that could support something beyond what we're seeing now? I don't know what I would necessarily want, but maybe a module that plugs in that gives me advantage, gives me options for. Uh, handheld GBA and you know Game Boy and GBA and stuff like that.
0: There could be a module that is a power booster that gets you into the next generation of disc-based systems: PS2, Xbox, mm-hmm. GameCube. You know, right, like they, yeah. they could potentially do something like that. Like I, I'm not a hardware designer. I have no idea if it would be possible. Yeah. But if that were a possibility down the line, okay, for another hundred dollars, now you move into PlayStation Two and Xbox territory. Like, okay, that still continues to add value.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Moving on, topic number three. Borderlands three is a thief. Nope,
0: it's the gold. It's gonna be the greatest game ever made.
1: But no, they uh, they borrowed a popular uh, a popular mechanic from the game Apex Legends. Uh, Borderlands three has come out and basically talked about how they will have a ping system. In Borderlands 3. And I read this and got very excited because the ping system in Apex Legends, I have really grown to um, just absolutely love. So there's a ping system in League of Legends. So it's been there for years, right? And I was never really good with it. But because of the ping system in Apex, which I just got to the point where I was so dependent on it that when I go play a game that didn't have it, it would bother me and i'd be like man this this honestly is a mechanic that needs to be in other games and so but when i went back to playing league again recently all of a sudden i'm using the ping system in league like all the time and it's because of apex it's what apex has t- has pretty much trained me to do and how how i can communicate with people without necessarily having to talk and you know it's not that i'm i'm against being in chat rooms like i i talk with but I'm usually in like a private chat with my friends. So I can't talk to the rando that's running around there doing something dumb. I guess I have to ping them. So the idea that this is being added into Borderlands is cool because you're going to be able to ping enemies. You're going to be able to ping chests and loot and, and all that type of stuff. It does sound like it's going to have a, a, a twist to it, um, a Gearbox Borderlands twist with a voiceover type uh, line drop. So, so excited. that could be really cool. I also could see it. Wearing on you in the sense of like someone, if you're playing, if you were playing with randos and someone spamming it, you know, like there's gotta, I'm, I'm assuming. That there's got to be a way that you could mute it if you don't if like someone's abusing it, you could mute it and say, "Cool, I'm not going to listen to this for the next hour as we get through this dungeon or whatever that we're running."
0: Not my problem. I'll never play with randos.
1: That's true. Probably have, won't ever play with my friends. We, well, that's true too. <laughs> but we have plenty of people that uh, you know they're going to play this game. So, anyways, that sounded cool. Um, I like I like that they're ad- adapting that and they're paying attention to the fact that it's been a very popular feature in Apex Legends, and I think it fits really well into a loot shooter where there's just stuff dropping all the time and um, it's a little weird though because when they're like well you can ping they don't really say it about pinging loot because loot drops are your own right like they explain that there
0: you can you, have it that way Yeah,
1: yeah you can turn it into like the old school style so I guess yeah depending on what mode you're running but um, you know at least pinging like half on a chest over here come on over that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think I'd love to see it in more games because it is a way. I think in this day and age we are so tired. It's so worn out, the chat room, the the, the voice chat. The voice chat within games on a public
0: level just doesn't
1: exist. People just don't do it anymore.
0: Well, I can tell you I, I might game online a little bit more if I didn't have to mic up. Like, yeah. sometimes I just want to sit there and still be able to have a conversation with my wife or know what's going on in the room. And, like, if you're playing co-op games, I understand that you want to talk to your teammates. But if you and I could hop in, you're like, yeah, you want to run a mission with me? And you can, we can just ping each other and have a, a good, commu- like, a basic communication through the game without having headsets. I'd probably run a few more missions here and there. I mean, you think about, like, the recent just trend
1: where everybody has to have a big headset on their head. And surround sound, and and they talk with their friends, and they're balancing the game audio in it, and then you're, and you're closing yourself off from the rest of the world, and blah blah blah. And don't get me wrong, I have I have all of that, and I like it to an extent. But the other night, I played League of Legends where I just decided to pump the audio out of my monitor, and then use my Yeti because to to talk, and and the Yeti would cut out the the ambient noise, so they couldn't hear my game audio, but they could hear me. Mm-hmm. And my wife walked in and she's like, how come, are you playing games? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, is that coming onto your monitor? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, h- why? Why are you doing that? Cause she's so used to me every time I game, throwing headphones on and just diving in. And the problem is, is that if she's sitting on the couch next to me and she says something, I don't even, I don't even register. Yeah. So the fact that I, that night I played League and she could talk to me and I would respond, it was actually quite nice. And so to me, this ping – coming full circle now, the ping system allows for collaboration and allows teamwork without having to worry about necessarily talking. And so – and we've we've used it so much in Apex where, you know, we, we don't necessarily jump in to talk with randos if we don't have a third person. So it's, you know, Owl and myself and then a rando. But we use that ping system to help communicate with the rando and make sure that we can have the best round that we possibly can have. And we've won that way. So, again, it works. I like this. It's in a world where, yes, we're very open and, yes, social media, we share everything. I feel like we have closed ourselves off where publicly speaking and talking isn't as common um, within video games and this ping system can be that piece that really kind of helps team uh, inspire teamwork. Yeah. So, I'm um, I'm a big fan of this decision, and I like that Gearbox put their own little spin on it. I look forward to hearing the uh, voiceover lines. All right, Patreon news topic of the week. Every week you vote, and um, this week the winner. Shenmue Three, baby! You all love Shenmue Three. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Wait, wait. Oh, this is about Epic. Epic Game Store. Oh, yeah. It's about Epic Game Store. My bad. Yeah. So, uh, Epic Game Store making uh, making some news again. So, if you did, if anybody, let's 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 cover the news first. Shenmue Three publisher Deep Silver. Made a deal uh, with Epic Games to bring a one-year exclusive PC rights to the Epic Game Store. This is very interesting because um, uh, Yeeznet or YSnet—I'm not sure how how they like to, to do this—but the um, the developer of Shenmue Three. Started a Kickstarter campaign years ago, like four, three or four years ago. Now it's been. I can't I couldn't I was reading the article, I was like, oh my god, it's been that long. Um, but anyways, they started a Kickstarter campaign. And I don't know if you remember, they took the stage at Sony, and Sony gave them like a platform and was like, Everybody throw money at these people, they're gonna make Shenmue 3 for you. That was literally like the plug. And people Thanks, did. Sony. People did. They threw like six million dollars at them uh, right out the gate. I think is what they ended up raising um, to to make this game. And so the um, the interesting piece though is that when they started this Kickstarter, they for the people that pre-ordered and supported on Kickstarter, um, they they said that they would deliver a um, deliver it on Steam. So that was their initial discussion and promise. And we've had this talk before about how publishers make these side deals that developers have—you know—they don't know about. It's similar to Gearbox and what 2K did with Epic Game Store with with Borderlands Three. So the um, what happened here was basically a bunch of people got upset when this announcement came out that Shenmue Three was going to be a one-year exclusive to the Epic Game Store, and and of course. Your Steam players and a lot of, and, and other people just kind of got upset because they were already supporters of this project through Kickstarter. And that's when um, something surprising happened here. Epic Games stepped up and basically said, We are going to cover 100% of the refunds of Shenmue 3 to protect, to protect the developer from backlash. So if you pre-order or if you pre-order this and supported it on Kickstarter and, and you are a PC Steam person and you want your money back, you're going to get it. But it's going to come straight from Epic. They're just going to give you your money and, and they're going to let the developer keep the money so that they can make this game because they took that money to develop this game. So that was, that's, Epic's, that's Epic, Epic's concept here is that we're not going to make them lose their money that they actually need to make this game with. Yeah. And so, smart. Yeah, it's a very smart move when you think of it. When you think of Epic and the in the scale that they are right now, um, you know them covering this is nothing to them. It's pocket change, but it looks really good. It's a great. It's a great, you know, promotional piece for them. They're already winning in the sense that um, developers want to come to. Publishers and developers want to come to Epic Games because they get the 88% profit. Epic only takes 12% um, versus the, uh, was it 70-30 split, I believe, um, that, yeah, 70-30 split that Steam has. So it's it's just it's more profitable to go to Epic. They are huge right now because of Fortnite and everything else they got going on. So they've already locked down things like Division, Borderlands Three. They already have these big names, and they're continuing to do it now by grabbing these you know these cult classics that. Uh, and I know you hate that word, but like it is there is that like very. Tight community that's excited for Shenmue Three. Well, now they're locking it in. Where here you are, you're going to bunch have, of suckers. You're going to have to play on the Epic Game Store. Now, the other thing that they that they came out and already made a deal of is that if you don't want to wait the one year, you don't want a refund. You can transition your PC pre order over to a PS4 pre order. So they are going to let you do that, um, you know, free of charge. And so you have your you have as a as a person that backed the campaign, you have options, which is cool. So. Um, I don't know. This to me is, again, another sh- just shocking move, not shocking, but like impressive move by Epic Games that we just keep seeing them just just making these deals with top tier companies and, and, and intri- you know, indie companies and all, all over the scale. They're just locking this stuff in. And to me, it's kind of like, what it, it, it makes me ask the question again, what is Steam doing? Like what are you doing? And, and, like I I just watched I'm not a basketball fan, right? But the free agency just went down wild. And, and, <laughs> it's been crazy. Like superstars going everywhere, team ups, like uh, you get my friend, I'll come over over there, like and just like all this stuff. And then I look, I'm from Michigan. We're from Michigan. I look at the Pistons and I'm like, "Hmm, yep, cool." I'll, Good job Clippers, good job Lakers, good job. Like I'm just like looking at all these teams and then I got and then we have like the, the Pistons over here. I'm like, yeah. Okay, well. And then they're like, well, uh, wow. we we might just throw all of our money at a player that nobody wants, nobody wants. Like and
0: What did you hear the hot rumors today? Westbrook. There's rumors. There's rumors are uh, we're trying to get Westbrook, which sounds like a big waste of money. Yeah. You know, he, he's a, huge, a good player, but huge waste of money, though. Yeah. But, but, anyways,
1: before that rumor today, it was like you were watching just the NBA on fire, and I'm sitting here like, oh, this. And so to me, I'm like, this is steam. We're,
0: Detroit Pistons is steam. Detroit sports in general <laughs> is steam. Like, no one wants to come here. It's cold yeah. and. I don't know. And, I mean, the, the only difference is that Steam actually has a fan base. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. The thing is, is Detroit sports used to have a fan base, and then the management in this town ruined any love for sports that people have. So Steam is like the management and ownership of Detroit sports yeah. teams. So, anyways, I mean,
1: past that horrible example there, um, I just I can't – Figure out with when you when your competition is going out there and just just slinging and being being a top salesman and just wheeling and dealing. Why I don't hear any buzz coming from the other side? It almost feels again. Another example would be it kind of feels like Netflix blockbuster. It's almost like Steam's like, oh yeah, that's cute. It's never gonna fly, and then Netflix takes off and becomes the next thing and literally murders video rental stores to the point where they where blockbuster goes out of business because of things like Netflix and, and, and even um, what was it? Redbox, and all these things, like all that stuff, like that's what steam kind of feels like, like, Oh, I got nothing to worry about. I'm steam. And it's like, yeah, but if you sit around long enough, you're going to die like you're good
0: it's not gonna work if we'd like to have a second comparison to a detroit industry <laughs> steam is the detroit automotive industry <laughs> and epic game store is the japanese car yeah the, Detro- the detroit right, yeah. the detroit automakers sat around like now nah, everything's fine we can make subpar cars <laughs> Who, no one would buy cars from anyone else. We're Detroit, and then the Japanese started making very good cars, yep. and uh, the the big three here in Michigan were like, "Well, I guess we need to start making better cars now." Literally thirty years too late. So yeah, but and then they all went bankrupt.
1: Yeah, they did, and and they're still here. Thanks to bailouts and everything, but no lot- one's bailing you out, Steam. Exactly, and, and bottom line is, is that they they did change though, and Steam is just sitting here. Like, I'm not saying Steam's not doing anything. They've 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 done some stuff with like their policies and their like in return policies and stuff like that. I get that, but there's not that big news. Like, I don't I don't go search video game news and and write. Dab top news, breaking news is is Shenmue three for God's sakes about Epic Games saying, hey, we're gonna re- whoever wants a refund, we're paying it. They're keeping their money. That's insane. That that's actually that's really impressive to me. Um, I don't see production companies and the and producers and things like that really sticking their neck out like that generally. But here we are. Here here is that that the money side, the 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 business side stepping up and protecting a developer. That's that's great. I just where's where's the news
0: for Steam? The positive news for Steam? Epic Game Store's move by doing this as a game developer or as a game publisher doesn't it make you go? Man, I'd really like to work with this store yep. that will support me and and stick up for me yep. and protect me and give me more money to sell my game. Like the, it's it's a move early in the life of the Epic Game Store that is only going to continue to attract people by having appealing business practices that support the people that make video games. Yep. It's smart, man.
1: Yeah, and for every squeaky wheel that's upset on the Steam side, how many more people? leave steam and and switch and transition over to to the epic game store because I I I dabble in the epic game store and I and I had a horrible experience with the epic Game store and I still dabble with them because of because of all these all this positive news that's just swirling around them so I don't know I to me they're doing everything right yeah sure it's upsetting people you're going to upset people when you when you you know, Steal the rug out from somebody, but you do it in a legitimate way. Like, yeah, I'm I'm angry that it happened, but I but I can't do anything about it. You were just quicker to the punch. You were just you're just better than me. Like that's what happens. And so if if I'm steam, I just have to figure it out and have to try to do something. And that's locked down games. That, and you're not doing that. I don't know. That that's where I'm at. It, it's a cool story. Um, well. <laughs> We'll see as as uh, as Deadites put it. We'll see if Shenmue three ever comes out. It's it supposed to. It was supposed to come out uh, by December twenty seventeen. It's been pushed to November of twenty nineteen after several delays. So it's technically not that far away, um, unless we get another delay. But you know, if you're a Shenmue fan and you want to play it on PC, you're gonna have to go play on the Epic Game Store unless you wait a year. Ah, oh, okay. That's been our Attack on the News. For these topics and much more, please visit GameZillaMedia.com. Click on the Discord button, the blog button, the YouTube button. There's so much content at GameZillaMedia.com that uh, if you've listened to the podcasts and you want more, that's where you need to go. So, um, without further ado, let's get into the Zilla update. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. Let's crank it up a little bit. All right. All right. All right. It. All right. I won't mm. be shy about this hot yep. jam. Yep. Well, something happened to me over the weekend. Actually, it was before the weekend. It was uh, the 4th of July. The 4th of July. And I was out at uh, my rich friend's lake house. You're
0: extremely wealthy yeah. and extremely
1: handsome friend's lake house. Yeah. It was, it was just amazing. I mean, great weather. We got there when it was pouring rain. When all of a sudden the sun was out right when we got there. Perfect timing. And we got to hang out, uh, you know, rafting and the boats and everything. And so what do you do on July 4th when you're on a lake? And you're just chilling and, and you know, you can... You can just do all these fun activities. You play the Nintendo Switch <laughs> on a, cha- a lawn chair, that's what you do, because you're 92% complete with the story mode in Super Mario Maker 2, and uh, so, or Mario Maker 2, I don't think it's Super Mario Maker 2, but I- I'm not sure the title. Anyways, I think it's yeah, just right. Mario Maker. But anyways, I beat the story mode. Nice! At the lake. I got screenshots. I, I'm honored that you did it yeah. in the It might be the of- first video game I've ever beaten at your lake house. I, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it was Deadite's lake house. He's, yeah. the,
0: he's the handsome guy. Yep. So the wealthy's alive, but the handsome is not.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we laid out, you know, laid out on the rafts and, and messed around in the water. And after that was all said and done, I was just trying to dry off. So I was like, I'll grab the switch, sit on one of the chairs, and just kind of chill for a little bit. And I did, only had a few things left to do for the story mode, so I finished it up and beat it right there. I've thoroughly enjoyed this um, just a little bit more in-depth story than the first Mario Maker had where it really did have like a concept that forced you to play generated levels that also taught you mechanics that you could start to think about when you start building your own levels. I did a really good job of balancing that where I was paying attention to the story, trying to finish, you know, building and then, um, you know, defeating bad guys and stuff like that. All while I'm looking at something, go, oh, man, I'm going to have to remember that. I have an idea of how I could use that in one of my levels. And even when you beat it, a big thing pops up and says, you know, hopefully this encouraged you and got some some ideas rolling for you to go into the course um, maker section and start building. And so yeah, that that was uh, that was my gaming moment of the week was beating Mario Maker 2 story mode at the lake house right before we got to watch Jaws, which is tradition Fourth uh, of July weekend uh, celebration at the lake that I think I've been part of now for. Yeah, I've watched J- Jaws a lot. A lot.
0: I've watched Many Jaws. Years. I want to say I started doing it when I was about 13 years old. I was in, I was like early in high school when I had the idea of like, oh, Jaws is a Fourth of July movie. We should watch Jaws at the Lake. And, uh, you know, and then it's just something that we ended up doing every year. Now, it's not my gaming moment of the week cuz I didn't actually play it, but I did buy jaws the tabletop board game oh. over the weekend as well. I found it at Target for 30 bucks and uh, it's two phases. The first phase you you have three crew members and one person plays the shark. You got to go around and save the swimmers and after you save all the swimmers then you the second part of the game you flip the board over and you're on the boat and the shark's trying to kill you. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm very excited to play it. Yeah, uh, I want to. I want to try that out. We were gonna play it, my sister and I, over the weekend, but the the mood wasn't quite right because that was gonna be. I was gonna pull out a rare tabletop gaming moment of the week, but since I didn't actually play, I can't make that my gaming moment of the week. Yeah,
1: I picked up a board game too this weekend. What'd you get? Uh, the mem- remember we were going north. I almost bought the uh, Legendary Marvel yeah, Legendary. Yeah, yeah. I found it uh, opened, but but complete. Yeah. For half off, so I oh, got it for twenty four ninety nine. That's a great price. So I added that to the collection because I had the uh, the expansions. Yeah, but it gets even better. I pop it open, just to make sure everything's there. It just had a big pile of money in the box, right? Yeah, thousands. <laughs> but no, um, I popped it open. And I'm like, there's too many cards here. And then I looked at the rule book, and under the rule book were these folded up pieces of paper, like of uh, like brochures. I'm like, what are these? And I unfold them. I'm like. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy expansion! Oh, Spider-Man expansion! Nice. And sure enough, they're in there. So I got the the core game and two expansions half off, and then I can add my Dark City expansion to it as well, which gives me the whole like
0: apocalypse uh, story mo- story. I'm gonna throw this out there. When are we having a game night to play?
1: Yeah. So this is a fun game where one to five players can play uh, and you all play together against the game. Yeah. So so I um I planned on trying to study the rule book a little bit just so I have an idea. And then I was gonna invite some people and,
0: and try to pick a night to to play the game and see that how sounds it sounds like a great time. I wanna play it. Yeah. All right, but back on track to my video game. Actual gaming, moment, gaming of moment of the week. Also took place at the lake house. So I did something that I used to do all the time when I was a teenager. Cause when I was a teenager, I, you know, the, the the family lake house is it's my grandmother's house and it's only about 45 minutes from the house I grew up in. But when during the summer, when I was in, you know, high school, didn't have anything going on, we go out there and stay for a week on end. So what I would do is I would take a milk crate and put my Sega Genesis in the milk crate take it out to the lake, and hook it up to this old beat-up tube TV we kept down in the basement just because, you know, if it started raining or, you know, late at night, I was just going to play some old Sega games. And so this time I was like, you know what? You know, we're going to be out there a lot for the weekend. Originally, we had a ton of rain in the forecast, which we almost completely missed, but I grabbed my Hyperkin Retron 1, which is a clone system of just the original NES, and then I grabbed all the games I had duplicates of, which was only, like, four games. Uh, I had... Mario Duck Hunt, I had uh, Super Mario 3, Turtles Arcade, and uh, World Cup Soccer, which was very fitting. Go USA. Yes. And uh, so my gaming moment of the week is, you know, I hooked it up and I, I just sat down and I just started, I popped in some Mario 3 and started playing. And there's just something wonderful about the simplicity of playing an original Nintendo game on a tube TV I'm just in the basement by myself enjoying some some time relaxing and just playing a game and just zoned into it. It gives you that nostalgia, gives you that childlike feeling that even playing Mario 3 uh, through the NES Online collection on the Switch is not quite the same as playing it. On a tube TV, and it just took me back to to those memories, you know, that when I used to do that in high school with the Sega. And then uh, the next day, I got my cousin and a couple of my friends to come downstairs, and we just passed the controllers around playing Mario 3, taking turns, beating levels. And it was just kind of good to sort of, I don't know, I guess connect with retro gaming in a way that I don't do all that often. And it kind of got me thinking, I'm not committing to when I'm going to do this, but I'm tempted to pick a month and just play retro games for a whole month. Play Game Boy when I'm on the go. When I'm at home, if I'm gonna game, I'm gonna you know play on the Retron or something. And I think that's something I'd like to do just to sort of I don't know even, experience even at lunch. Yeah, maybe even at lunch, take a break <sighs> if in between rocket passes or something, take a little mm, break. There you go. In between, that's a good idea. Uh, so it's so, something I'm considering just because I really did enjoy that and just see uh, you know some of the old old cartridges I have. If I can give them a little love, nice, nice. Well, that's, uh, we got any, any any emails or anything, or we? Uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even check the emails, so mm, you can you uh, check that out. while you I give
1: some plugs. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some plugs. I wanted to remind people that like those are our gaming moments of the week, but we always like to talk about games your gaming moments, things like that. And we do that in the Discord. So uh, go to gameslowmedia.com, click on the Discord button right on the homepage, talk with gamers from around the world every day. It's free. We are a fun environment, so come hang out and talk video games. Um, If you like this podcast and you want more like it, guess what? We make all sorts of podcasts like The Legend of Retro for retro gaming. Obviously, we have Noobs and Dragons, the Dungeons and Dragons adventure game. Dungeon Master Craig WK taking us on an amazing venture. Um, We're about to wrap up Season 1 here with uh, myself, Jandar, Tilly, and Alistair as we hopefully try to uh, stop this evil force, but who knows? I'm not. I I don't even know yet, unfortunately. But it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna come down to the wire, that's for sure. But it's been a great season. If you haven't listened to Noobs and Dragons,
0: fantastic. Um, what other shows? Uh, did you talk about Noiseland Arcade? Nope. The Simpsons. Just skipped that one. I no, just skipped it right over. Um, <laughs> they they uh, they. I, I the, I'm I blank on the name of the episode. Oh oh it. it Oh, oh, Homer, were out there. Or oh, brother, were out there. Whatever it is, they covered one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons where Homer finds out he has a long-lost brother. Mm, yes. uh, that was, I think, two weeks ago episode. I just listened to it. Uh, if you're a Simpsons fan, you're absolutely going to love it. They're, they're just working their way through chronologically as every episode gets released. They're covering it in depth, and you'll have a great time if you love The Simpsons. Cool. And then, of course, Last Action Podcast.
1: Yeah. You're into action movies. You're into I mean, they, they they keep it action based, but they but there is the 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 sci fi, the there's there's a little bit of flexibility down there, but the movies that they're picking they're just every week. I feel like I look and I'm like, oh god, I have to listen to this one. Oh crap, I have to listen this to this week. One. Judge Dredd Judge Dread. Yeah, man. I was like, oh man, Judge Dread. I, I am the law, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, last action podcast where you can learn about. I mean, some of your favorite movies. You can go into these episodes and you can learn things that you never knew about these movies and just have a good time, kind of reminiscing uh, about some of these classics. So, I really enjoyed the Matrix one. And I know I talked about it already, but the Matrix one still sticks with me and their 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 conversation they had and reference they had with Terminator. So I'll just leave it at that. But like if you care about those two franchises, they, they connect them. And it was like, oh, damn, I never thought about it that way. So... But, uh, yeah, so we have lots of podcasts out there. I think we hit them all, but uh, they come out all throughout the week. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We are everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So please uh, check them out. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a review. Give us five stars. All those things helps us so much. So. And then when you're done with the podcast, if you need more, we have the YouTube channel. We have blogs. We have streamers. Craig WK, Matricon Stage, Grim the Dino, Owl Zero, Spidey 2KX, all these people in the community that are streaming. How do you find out when they're streaming and what they're streaming? The Discord. You go to the Discord, they have their own streaming channels that you can sit there and find out what they're streaming, when they're streaming, jump right over to Twitch, Facebook, wherever it is that they like to stream and and then when you're done streaming, you can talk directly with the streamer right in the Discord. So,
0: pretty cool. Don't forget, you need to become a patron. Patreon.com slash Media. Go there and, uh, hey, join the $5 exclusive content level for your access to the pilot episode of We Like It Rough, the dog <laughs> <laughs> meme review podcast. Uh, it is available exclusively as part of the GameZilla pre-show at Patreon.com slash Media. We talk about Pino the Corgi. We do. If you don't know who Pino the Corgi
1: is, you need to listen to this Patreon podcast podcast.
0: You, there's nothing like it on the internet. Dog <laughs> meme reviews from Grim and Deadeye, available patreon.com slash games of Please, uh, go start your patronage today, and thank you so much to all of our patrons. And just, just a reminder, it's, it's audio only. So. It's aud- you're hearing me <laughs> describe memes that were funny to me, and try to tell them to you, and it'd be funny to you. It's Good a idea. wonderful train wreck. It's the We Like It Rough Dog meme review <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
1: oh goodness! All right. Well, thank you for hanging on episode two sixty eight of the little podcast. We uh, remember we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news and entertainment. And until next time, mm-hmm. game, game on! on.